Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 197. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. And wow, this audio sounds great. Doesn't it, though? Yeah, this I tell you, gentlemen, this is, we just listened to the last episode, and it was phenomenal. Well, yeah. it, it, it is as advertised. Bits yeah. of it, yes. That's right. A game changer all the way around, for sure. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, we are back here, uh, Studio M, uh, Nakatomi Plaza. 30th floor. Behind the waterfall, just down the hall from Ellis. Yes. We have our Tascam Mixcast 4. Uh, Robert has got his fingers on the sliders, and we're getting it, getting it rolling. We are. Right. Uh, this is speed, exciting. gentlemen. Uh, you know, this is going to be because we're all gadget kind of guys. You know, we love our tech. This is going to be fun, and we're just going to be giggling about it like schoolgirls for yeah, so we episodes apo- to come. We apologize for that, but lean into it, listeners. You'll enjoy it just as much. I'm as, as we happy are. as a twelve year old girl. With what? <laughs> <laughs> Happier than a pig in slop. I mean, we can keep going on this one here. Mm. I think that I'm stealing that one from a Mike Myers bit, though. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe. When he does uh, Sprockets. Sprockets? He's Dieter from Sprockets. Oh, yes, I'm yes, Dieter. happy as a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> so this episode, guys, uh, is, of course, Code of Honor. Code of Honor, yes. Code of yes. Honor for, for June 2023. And as a follow-on to uh, last episode about the idea of building a government. Okay, you've won your independence colonies. Now no. what? Uh, they had to build a government. But fortunately, they were equipped to do so because this is all they did is sit around thinking about what makes good government. So these are going to be all quotes about what does that mean? What is what does a good government look like? What what examples are we accepting? What examples are we rejecting? And so on. Does that sound like a good synopsis, guys? That's good. That's good. It's very good. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, just quotes generally from, but not necessarily have to be. Uh, I, I think Martin and I are choosing from Founding Fathers. Yes. Uh, Francis is not. No. He went more high-level uh, concept. Well, yeah. we'll see. Uh, yes. Well, high-level, but yet low-brow low because it's from Twain. That's right. Well, hey, you know, we did... Our, we did those Twain episodes are some of my favorite episodes, actually. Oh, yes. Those yeah. were some really good ones we did. And the man is still an amazing wit. Yeah. And he yeah, cuts absolutely. right through the Felger carb, as they say. Yes. Yes. All so, right, so, Martin... Yes, I think I'll go first here. And oh, you're going to go first. I thought maybe you're going to. No, no, no. He needs he needs to go first because I, mine, yeah, mine works better in his work. context. Yeah. Okay, okay. That, yes, that, I think fair. I'll need to go first. And here's the the danger that I've noticed of the way we're arranged. Uh, I felt a little bit as good as last episode was. I felt like a little bit it was just a conversation between me and Robert. That we we froze Francis out just a touch. Well, sometimes when you guys get going, it's hard to get a word in edgewise. I will admit. Oh, really? That. You're oh. saying that? Yes, you. I am. Once, oh my God! Once I get the ball, I'm reluctant to let it go. But and that's yes. acceptable. That's I don't know how many times I've sat here listening to the two of you just waiting for an opening. So, yeah. Well, well, I, apparently, what goes around does come around. There. Yes, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> but just somehow or another, the way we're sitting, it's more comfortable for me to kind of focus on Robert and. So it felt a little like a, just a two-person Yes, I am sitting slightly to your right in front of you, whereas Francis is entirely to your left. Yes, he's a hard left. Wow. I've never been called that. Yes, I was going to say, that's got to be a first. Yeah. yeah. That's a- so I'm going to be more intentional 
about making sure I'm including Francis in my gaze and in my oh, I appreciate discussion. that. Well, I'm actually in a great position because I can see both of you equally. I'm just a very short turn of my head, and I don't have to move my mouth from the microphone to do so. Yeah, I don't even have to turn my head. I yeah, can see so that's, that's awesome. yeah, yeah, so you're the one that has to turn from side to side. Yeah, so we've got uh, the awesome mics, XLR mics. Yes, it High does make a difference. Level. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, this, this is like the Rolling Stones on stage here, guys. Well, yeah, but who's going to be Mick and who's going to be Keith? <laughs> Well, I don't think any of it. I don't think I don't think anybody besides Keith has done enough drugs to actually be Keith. Oh yeah, I can do a I can do a very mean Keith Richards impersonation. Happy. That's about it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say I could I could, I could take Keith if you guys want. To, you can fight over who's Mick and the other one gets to be Bill Wyman or Charlie Watts. I mean, if you want to be Charlie, Charlie's dead. Well, I understand that, but you know somebody. Ronnie Wood, it's okay. We That's true. Ronnie, Ronnie was, I mean, he is good. He is really good. Ronnie no Wood, yeah. I mean, he revitalized the Stones. It, so, so in other words, it sounds like you're going to take over for Ronnie Woods. So that puts you at, at the Jagger position, sir, Mr. Robert? Hmm. That has possibilities. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can understand that. I know that Mrs. Robert would like those possibilities. No, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, Mick, you know. He's got to go feed them babies because he's got bunches of them. Apparently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he have, like, still like a teenager? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, because uh, he, okay. he keeps reproducing. Because uh, he's uh, 70 something now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And uh, I would have thought he was older than that. Uh, he is. Uh, he's in his 70s. I, I, we'd have to look that one up. We don't have time to do that, but uh, we might get to it here. Uh, go to your quote, and I'll probably look it up. Okay. So, um, did a little research on this one earlier in the week to try to find some stuff. And I. Once you start doing this, you become, again, enthralled with the wisdom of men like Madison and Hamilton. And again, they were the ones who wrote all this out. They were the ones making the polemics. Oh, polemics. Sorry. Word boner. For getting the Constitution passed. Thank you, Right. The, the, mm-hmm. the Federalist Papers. Yes. The Federalist Papers uh, were meant to convince the populace to support the new constitution. Right. And get that's it something passed in the States. That's something we, we often kind we of forget. We don't do this anymore. We don't persuade. Well, not only that, we you're right. We don't persuade. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I read some stories recently online about uh, the state of debate in high schools and colleges. It is not what we, ex- no. I mean, I wasn't in speech and debate. I wasn't part of that in the forensic teams at my high school but i knew all of them so i knew what they went through it is nothing like that anymore uh matter of fact it's all ideology and Mm -hmm. who can yell the loudest ad hominem attacks and things like that well it's it's very ad hominem i don't know if that's a real word but i mean it's a uh, it's not like absolutely is it's a latin phrase well it is but i mean word boner thank you that's right it's not like when we use milieu you know i mean that's a real i mean that's a that's a that's like a 12 inch word boner and hubris. Hubris. That's uh, always yeah, a good hubris, one, too. I do, uh, all it takes is two of us to vote that it, it, that's it true. makes it that's happen, true. and it's that's true. true. Point that's of parliamentary true. procedure, Robert. That's correct. Very that's good, right. yes. yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, it, debate is not what it once was. Yeah. But what, it, what I was really going at was it wasn't a – just because they passed it out of the Constitutional Convention – it was not a sure thing that it would pass the states. Right. And, and again, you know, Madison had to kind of use this dodge, this kind of Pelosi pass it so you know what's in it uh, sort of deal. 
um, uh, promising, yes, I'll add a bill of rights uh, guaranteeing certain individual liberties at the end as long as we pass it. Right. Uh, let's, let's not add those now because then that's going to be kind of endless as we as if we start taking those pieces apart one by one we'll never get anywhere right and who knows where that stops well, it's also yeah. a bit of a carrot to make them do it quickly because if you really yes. want this we got to do this first well so. it's a bit of a carrot but it's also a bit of a stick because i know in that beautiful um, brilliant what if you don't do it after it's passed that's madison right. madison's just incredible yeah that's right yeah i mean they all are just yeah. we don't we don't cherish what they gave us, and we don't cherish them enough. Yeah. So here's my Madison quote. Read it slowly, because this is a bit involved. Yes. And again, this is from a Federalist paper. It's from Federalist Number 10, written in 1787. Pure democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have, in general, been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. So oh, this... uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm so amazed with this. It's it's essentially it's a commentary on it says pure democracy in the Platonian sense, but really it's equating that to what we know it to be mob rule. Mob yes. rule. That's right. Yes. The, the tyranny of the fifty one percent, which. In our modern day and age, that's kind of where we've landed. Is all you yeah. need is that, and you can destroy your opposition. Right. Or as we often like to put it, you know, it's two foxes and a rabbit voting on what's for dinner. That's right. Yeah. Whereas a republic is, you know, when the rabbit is armed. Yes. So Great equalizer. And again, right. So this, in framing their arguments for passing the Constitution, they are starting from this premise of. I'm going to lay out other options and knock them all down. Right. And that is what rhetoric and debate is the idea. Right. That is oh, the ideal. Rhetoric, the word. Oh, I'm so glad you used that because that's so much of what it's what we do. But yes. it's a lost art. Not to go down a rabbit hole, I don't want to go that. But, but it is. I mean, that's what I was just yeah. talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's what I'm you sensing know, here. If you can't lay out your opponent's argument, if you can't understand it, then you can never defeat it. Properly. Right, and that's exactly what Hamilton and Madison uh, and Payne are doing in the Federalist Papers, setting up the arguments against what's been passed, knocking it all down, and then saying, okay, so that means our option is we adopt this. Yeah. Right, it And not work. straw men arguments either. These are yeah. not yeah. just they're, and they're, absurd. And they're, they are anticipated criticisms. Yes. Uh, and it goes back to something that I think is so critical. You know, you hear this a lot of times uh, in, uh, in, in organizing, in groups, in meetings, and things, where there are no bad ideas. And I think that is the most <laughs> ridiculous, absolutely <laughs> awful, terrible inefficient, unsustainable approach that is possible. And that's exactly what Madison is doing here, saying, hell yes, there are bad ideas. Right. So, And, and let, let me show you why. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why, and we're going to that's eliminate right. those, and that's going to leave us with this one option. That's you want right. to put the lie to that in anybody who says that in a meeting? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you can never get away with this, but once, yeah, you say, well, all right, there's no bad ideas. How about this idea? How about we tape your mouth shut, bend you over that chair, and tie it to you with your pants around your ankles, and we each have a go at you? How about that idea? That's not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> I mean, well, essentially... That's a touch extreme. You might have just said, 
you know, you put duct tape over your mouth and let you sit in the corner, and, and you kind of could have left one. it at that, or you could have said, you know, there are no bad ideas. Okay, well, how about if we get all our railroad cars and put all the Jews on them? Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was trying. I was going for the personal effect there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, you're exactly right, and I think it's just. I mean, the creativity is not a, a function of. A, a number of people, the more people you have, I don't want to use the word diversity because that's not what I'm saying, but it's uh, uh, of plurality, of multiplicity. Uh, creative. Well, you know, diversity diversity of ideas, of opinions, is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, not at all. But the only time it gets to be bad is when your opinions are offered as divinely inspired, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Unquestionable. Yes, well, when your opinions and ideas are offered as something you, that cannot be questioned. When your opinions are not a criticism of the idea, but a criticism of the person offering the idea. That's Any certainly of that, one yes. of the ways. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. But, but you, I mean, anything where, anything where basically your opinion is already decided and you absolutely cannot listen to others. I mean, I mean, you know, we're all we're, we know what we're talking about. It's basically where there is no true discussion. There is no true uh, 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 mixing and uh, applying moral uh, principles. Well, or... applying moral principles, but also uh, uh, no creating an amalgamation of what is good and best and all that we have to offer. Yeah. Or even a d- denial of that there is good and there is bad. You know, in, in many respects, the idea of every idea is equal is irrespective of its goodness or badness or its merit well, anybody yeah. who says all ideas there are no bad ideas they all they always mean there are no bad ideas that i approve of hmm. well there are no bad ideas except yours or except yours yes well, yeah and it's uh, it, 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 it's an attempt to try to get somebody to step up and and put some effort forth i get that usually in those discussions yeah i mean you get in the committee where everybody just stays silent you right. have to do something so you you put out yeah there it's are no bad ideas kick them out yeah and and yes. but ultimately if you think through that statement that's got to be the most yeah i mean somebody's thing. going to put one out and you and it's going to be stupid at, at, right as the manager as the leader you're going to try to smooth it over but basically, yes, the response should be immediately, yeah, no, that, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Can we move on? Um, so, Right, and, that, and granted, that is a tricky line to walk because you don't want to smack somebody down so right, hard that they right. will never come up with anything else. Although, I have met a few people that maybe should never come up with anything else yeah. in a meeting. Well, and that's part of the problem, I think. It goes back to the, you know, it's always the right people and that's all it ever is. Uh, the idiots shouldn't be in the meeting to begin with. They shouldn't be, well, rise to that level. That's part of the problem that, that you know, is a danger in both a, a democracy and a, a republic is that you create a ruling class. Mm-hmm. And that's a very bad thing. Yeah, because it has, it, it becomes completely divorced from its merits. Well, very rarely, I think, does a ruling class have merits at all. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, very well, fun. because the implication is that only these people are either qualified, good enough, whether that be morally or intellectually Ide- or financially, ideologically, or ideologically, to have input on how things should be done. Right. That is a very, very 
bad way to go. Lincoln had it the best way with his team of rivals. He brought in all those folks that disagreed with him so he would have their voices, and they were not afraid to question him. And so in doing, uh, pulled that wheat from the chaff very quickly and, and c- came up with one of the most, the best functioning cabinets in, in modern history. Yes, a ruling class, by definition, is very quickly going to become an echo chamber. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's a good that, word. That is, they a, did try to guard against that. I mean, yes, it, it is in there to to again that system of checks of. Well, I think that's what the House of Representatives right. was meant to be. Right, it, was that it, guard against those six year term senators? Yeah, well, and and of course, the House is envisioned as the central organ. Yes, kind of right. the first among equals, sort of. Well, that's why the Speaker of the House is third in line and not the President of the Senate. True. Right. right. True. I mean, because that is their experience, is this equivalent of the House of Commons should be the the center of the world. It's the Vox Populi, the voice of the people. Yeah, it is. It is the most direct voice of the people. Exactly right. right and they answer. are the most answerable to the people because until 100 years ago, little more than 100 years ago now, the Senate was appointed by the, the states. The senators were appointed. There, there was no direct election. Yeah, right. yeah. And honestly, I think that was... And the two-year terms, again, makes them more answerable. That too, yes. The two-year terms and the fact that they have to, to run for re-election as opposed to reappointment. Yeah. And honestly, there are times when I think that that was a bad move to take the, the senators away from the state governments. Uh, because we we lost a check there. Because now senators really are, other than the fact that they serve longer and there are fewer of them, there's very little difference between one politician and another in that respect. The special interests own them. You'd never make the argument popularly. No, no, you would. Of course, wouldn't. it's just it's just it it, it goes against our well, dare I say to go back to Robert's I mean to Martin's quote. Uh, it goes against the democratic process. However, Madison is simply saying that the democratic process, by its very nature, is flawed. Yes, the direct democratic nature. Direct, direct democratic yes. nature. That's correct. And yeah. you know the people who appoint the senators were still answerable to the people at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just as yeah, but it, it was seen, and you know that the direct election of senators is a response to what it became felt like that it was a machine thing. It was strictly yes. a special interest thing. Well, again, you take somebody like a Mark Hanna; mm-hmm. he's a senator because he managed the successful presidential campaign of William McKinley. Right. You know, does he? Could he have won an election in Ohio on his own? Maybe, maybe not. But, but he he goes to the Senate basically as a reward. Sure, sure. For, and and, and so, I get that so is it became, the it became a reaction to this the special interest nature. And it of, still happens in times where a senator uh, dies or resigns in office, and the governor appoints. Uh, right, but that, I mean that can happen with a representative. And once you're in office, it's very difficult to get you out. Well, you'd be you'd be and, amazed. The guy that took uh, Obama's seat when he was elected president was was appointed, and they had a big issue with him for a while. And he did not. He uh, well, when the term went out, he Illinois was and Chicago politics are very. Uh, that's unique. correct. Yeah, but the reason I I, I regret in some ways that change is that it took away one of the checks. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason for taking it away is that it's 
in a way, it's kind of a moot check now because mm-hmm. the states are subordinate to the federal government now, whereas when this was put put together, they were not. It's it's a holdover from when we were the United States are instead of the United States is. You're right. It's, uh, the state now essentially has no voice in the, its federal representation. Right, because the, because the state is, it's an entity, mm-hmm. but it's not the same kind of entity it once was. Yeah, and it, it can be bad in a couple of ways. Not only do they not have as much of a voice, they don't take as much responsibility. Right. States. Everybody looks to the federal government yeah, for the everything. States, often state governments will go, and just, well, the feds need to do this. And partially that's because the feds have put their finger into everything too. Yeah. It's they. It's almost like a conspiracy. They have let the feds put their finger into everything, and now they can say, "Well, the feds have their finger in everything. Why should I well, do that?" Economies yeah. of scale get to it too. It is follow the money in many yeah. respects. Well, it's follow the money, and some things are appropriate to the federal Very government. Very much so. That's right. But the, many things are not that yeah, the federal government. The vast does. rampant cuttlefish of dominion. Okay. Word boner. Yeah, we have to give you as, that one. As uh, as PGO work put it. Oh, okay. That wasn't unique that, to you. That wasn't that wasn't a Martin. That is, that is stolen from PJ. But that's okay. It's, it's still okay. A, that, still, yeah. Still you you had the that. wisdom to wield it, sir. Yes. Vast rampant cuttlefish of dominion. Uh, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> but so, are we ready to move on to Francis? Or oh, I'm sorry, Robert. Do you uh, no, I was going to say. So, say what what he's essentially saying is that direct democracy, where everybody gets a vote. Is a recipe for disaster. It's mob rules. And, and it's mob and rules. It's very much if 51% decide that we're going to kill the firstborn. Well, there we go. There we go. We're killing all the firstborn. Yeah, there's we absolutely have, no moral compass necessary for that. Yeah, there's no check. Again, the genius of the system is even though the House of Representatives is supposed to be the, you know, copy, voice of the people, the, you know, it's supposed to be the center jewel of the whole system. It can be checked by an independent judiciary. It can be swayed, directed is the wrong word, but influenced by a strong executive. There, this balance of well, the system. And is, today, honestly, I think it's seen as the junior member of Congress. Not, it is no longer considered yeah. the jewel. Yeah, but it was intended to be yeah. that it would be the center of the world. The first among equals. Well, it was that place where, uh, well, actually, both in both, especially in the Senate, yeah. debate was expected, yeah. and it was, you know, I mean, you look at some of the great orators of the nineteenth century. They were senators. They came from the mm-hmm. Senate, or they went to the Senate. Yeah, Webster uh, and Senator. Webster, especially. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's he's the prime example. He was considered the great orator of the the day. Uh, although Lincoln's two minute speech. Uh, overshadowed his great oratory of the day uh, at Gettysburg, which is kind of, it was almost the death knell of that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's Edward Edward. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. Edward, yes, right. Sorry. 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 Yeah. The, 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 your point is still valid, but I just yes. make that slight correction. Yes. Yeah, actually, he was, he, now he was a man, uh, you're right, it was it was him, not not Webster, but Webster was the, the guy in the Senate. Yes. Yeah, that, Pre, yeah he. But Edward Everett, he was considered the guy. The preeminent orator of his day. Yes. That's why he was there. Exactly. Uh, and everybody was expecting it was, what, two hours, I believe it was. Yes. And Lincoln, a stack of paper like a foot high that's right. that he never read from. Did it from memory. Yeah. That's just, you know, he was he he was the real deal in many respects, but 
we didn't realize Lincoln changed what the deal was. He re- it was a different game altogether. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Lincoln Lincoln changed it from checkers to chess. Right. Yeah. It's, well, and that speech at Gettysburg is the linchpin that turned it from the United States are to the United States is. Very much that, so. is that is pretty much seen as the turning point for yeah. that. I think there's a good time now to segue to Francis's quote. Okay. Because I'm going to speak about another great American who, uh, who spoke so eloquently and that's Mark Twain, uh, post Lincoln, uh, although somewhat coterminous with him. Uh, and you know, the, the man's wit and his, uh, utter anti-verbosity, if that's a word. I think we can give that the honor of word bonus. I think so too. Yes. Exactly. I was, Angling for that, I suppose. Uh, That's going to get really overused quickly. Uh, I, we are so prolific, Joe. We, we do it. I mean, we, we put the words in there. That's I right. know, but you know, I, I don't want to make it such a thing where it becomes, uh, you know, uh, blasé. Because we've kind of already done like six this episode, haven't we? So yeah, it's pretty been a lot. Are we leaning into it a little bit? Probably. Yeah, I think the first couple of episodes, it's, it's we'll, we'll, happen, we'll even but. out. We'll skip. We'll set, make it a little bit easier. But, but we do love our buttons. We do. That's right. I mean, it's a new toy for gosh sakes. Come Men on, love play. pushing buttons. We do. That's right. Sometimes they blow up in our face. That's okay. It happens, but uh, where you don't push the red button? That's what, not the red one. Never the red one. Anyway, uh, Mark Twain. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of pile on glasses of bourbon in, and we're we're starting to quote Bugs Bunny. So yeah. Daffy Duck, Daffy Duck. That's that's right. Yes. Sorry, Francis. Please. That's go okay. Ahead. Uh, Mark Twain. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to build upon what you said there with regards to democracy itself. You basically speak about the fact that it's not possible, uh, and it's and it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit more jaded, or, or Twain is, I should say, uh, and it's it's just so brief, so brief, and so true. It says, "If voting, his quotation is, if voting made any difference, they wouldn't let us do it." Now, that's about as jaded of a worldview as you can imagine. Of course, Twain is famous for that, as he, sorry, as he as he was known to do at times. But is that does it not? seem in many respects a valid criticism of the system that we have that we vote and, and it, in many respects it's it's borne out the fact that our voting rates are lower than they've ever been and continue to plummet every time there's an election actually i think this last presidential election they, it they went came up. That, that's they correct came it, up. you know there are there are moments but it's a general rule from our regular you know beyond the presidential election but put it into the generals uh Voting records. Yes, the trend is trend, down. Trend is trend down. Is people down. aren't voting, uh, and we hear comments of you know, well, people in other countries died for that right, and you're not even bothering with that. I think some of it is the idea that Twain says, well, how does my vote make any difference? But it, it's our, our inherent right not to give a shit. That's true. That's right. So I have, I have. Yes, sometimes your vote is to not vote at all. Yeah, That's correct. Yeah, saying yeah. that this is this doesn't affect me. I don't care. It's not worth my time. But it's, it can be a protest against what you're being offered as well. Yes, which isn't is that why a, that I a little would bit of a self-defeating for a third party. I even mean, if it's, yes, even I if mean, it's a worthless endeavor. Yes, I mean I would still vote. Um, because there's multiple people you're voting for. There's multiple yeah. issues on the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's a you get to a point of it's a binary choice and you find yourself voting for the lesser of two evils. You're still voting for a lesser. Yes. You know, so yes, but I I have two pointed criticisms of Twain here. Yes. And hopefully I haven't had too much bourbon to make them make sense. 
Continue. So, um, first off, a counter positive example. Okay. The 14th Amendment, or I guess we could be a little broader when we can say 13, 14, and 15. Right. The slavery amendments, yes, basically. Yes. Right? Yeah. Are passed through a democratic process. Not a direct vote one, of course. Right. But the Constitution includes a mechanism whereby a desire to amend it can be expressed from the people. Yes. And those amendments made a difference. They fulfilled the promise of the preamble. They made it real for all the people living on this continent. They made it... Fulfilled the promise of the Declaration. Yes. Of all men the, are created equal. Yes, it fulfilled the promise of the Declaration and of the preamble. Mm -hmm. and well, it, maybe fulfilled is a strong word, but it certainly laid the groundwork. Yes, but it, it's... Made it possible anyway. Yes, it, it is a an announcement, and Robert, get ready with the button, of your first button, not second button, but your first button. It is an acknowledgement of the inherent dignity of the human person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I actually have to go back and reassign that that to a uh, a button. That, oh, we uh, didn't get that one on a button yet. I had one, but I had erased it because I, I didn't know if I liked the original recording. But uh, that is one we will definitely do because I know Martin loves it when I bring that up. So, so uh, to me, that is a. A, a time when the vote did matter. Yeah. It, and well, if you can prove it once, the it's enough. The democratic process provided something that made a real difference but to, I the, would... to, the, to the cultural, political, social makeup of a nation. And I, I think so. I think... It was an earthquake that changed the foundations. Yes. Yeah. So, right. yeah. so you... The one... Contraindication does prove disproves the rule. Yeah. Well, it, but it, I don't think it does. I knew you were going to say this. Yes. Well, to be contrarian to your contrarian point, <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but yet still contrarian to, to to Twain to Twain. Yeah. To Francis's point is this: is that first I I don't think Twain would look at that and say, well, that's not the kind of voting that he's talking about, because that's not democratic voting. That's republic voting. That is a vote of the yes. republic. Yes. Meaning okay. the the, representat the representatives of the people voted on that. Yeah, you could make the argument that Twain's point is absolutely still valid in the anything you said here, because the vote of the people really didn't... Right, it was not, was not direct, required was and not, not desired. Well, that's... that's but the people... Had to elect those sent, who did vote on it. Right. Sent the people to the state legislatures who then approved these amendments. Is that a matter of semantics? It's still the voice of the people. It's still Vox Populi to me. Yes, it's buffered because I'm a huge I'm a huge believer in small R Republicanism. Yeah. Again, that's my quote. Right. But it is still an expression of the Vox Populi. To say, all of this blood has been shed, it has to be for a purpose. Yes. And that purpose now is the political equality of those who don't look like us. 
Yes, but that's kind of putting the horse behind the cart. I said that deliberately, by the way. Because just because the blood was shed does not mean it was necessarily a worthwhile endeavor to do. It was a worthwhile endeavor to do, which is what led to the bloodshed. The bloodshed has to be sanctified in some manner. And this mm. was this was well. That's what that's what Lincoln did at Gettysburg right. address. Right, true. I mean, but literally, and, and the amendments are the then practical political expression, the lasting of, change yeah. of Gettysburg. Well, of the Gettysburg address. How do you make what Lincoln said into something real? You amend the Constitution to guarantee yes, the and that was certainly that certainly Lincoln's intention in 1865. I mean, if you watch the movie, it's very clear that's about you know we do this now because if we don't, we it'll never miss, get yeah, done. we it'll will miss the window. Done. But so what I'm saying is, you guys are both arguing um, and kind of arguing past each other on this, and, okay. and by argue, I mean what arguing really means. Presenting Rhetor- rhetorical, forth, putting art, yes, the, the art of rhetoric, yes. Because, yes, you are correct, Martin, in that the will of the people, maybe, because honestly, I don't know that very many, I don't know that if you asked a majority of the people, if you asked everybody, if a majority said, absolutely, we must free the slaves, we must give them all the political rights of the white man, I don't know that you could have gotten 51% of them to agree to that. Right, I mean, there, there's still a a racial dichotomy to the nation. Uh, right, and you certainly couldn't I, have... I won't question that a bit. You certainly couldn't have gotten the, the Southern well, vote yeah, to say that. Much at less, all. I don't, I'm not entirely sure you could have gotten 51% of the North. So, on the one hand, that I think is an argument against it being the voice of the people, because that's the whole point of a Republican, small r, Republican form of government, in that you elect people to do what is right, not what the mob wants. Right, uh, you're buffering the passions of the exactly. Populace. It's right. a moderating influence, tempering the volatility of the mob. Oh, volatility, word boner. So and that one can, that's okay. Yeah, well, volatility of the mob is what really gets it. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it, I, I love it's, it's a phrase, not the word. Yes. Well, phrase bad. boner doesn't work as well as word boner. I understand. Yeah, but, I, but I loved it. It's very, very well put. And what you're talking about, uh, Francis, I think is in what Twain is saying is that because of that volatility of the mob, they don't. We don't really think no. about. It. We don't get to vote on anything truly important. Because earth shattering, yeah. Because because we, of that volatility, yeah. It's part of the design, yeah. Because Twain's right then. Twain is absolutely right, yeah. but you're right as well because yeah. in, in in the sense that the representative, uh, the the representatives of the people did what was right for the people, you know, for all the people. But it, it is still an expression of at least some portion. Of the people's voice, a buffered, yes, it is a buffered indirect version. Yes, it is. It's ideally that is a is the perfect example of your representative doing what is best for the country, no matter what their constituents think. Yeah, that is shooting for that ideal, hitting that ideal, which we mm-hmm. so rarely do. Right, just because the people want it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. Exactly, and just because the people don't want it—that's the same. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. Yes, so that's that's criticism number two of Twain. So, like I said, I had two. One's a contraindicative example. This one is, but that's how the system's designed. 
Right. Right. And yes. which is exactly what I was saying. Right. Right. Yes. It's not supposed to swing one side to the other. It's not supposed to be extreme to another because yeah. one side or the other is kind of inherent in the political party system. Right. But yes, the whole system is designed to knock everybody down towards the middle. I mean, you have to think of the American system as uh, a bowling alley. You know, you're trying to keep the ball out of the gutters. Oh, I was going to say loud and obnoxious. <laughs> and full of yeah. beer. And full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Robert. That's, That's good. good. That's good. I'm liking that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the idea here is to keep it the ball out of the gutters and keep it in the center. While knocking down as many pins as, as, as possible. You can. Yeah. Right. right. Knocking down the pins is the goal, whatever that policy goal is. Right. And the pins in your lane. Not the pins way over there, the pins way over there. You may not knock down all 10, but you might pick up the spare later. Right. Which is what the the Bill of Rights was. That was picking up the spare. Yes. And and a lot of legislation is picking up the spare. You get what you can get in a compromise right now. Right. Because generally you recognize later. Yeah, and, and that's... A lot of legislation in, in American history is that way. Yes, it used to be that way. Yeah. Now it's an all-or-nothing thing for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not always, because we see it that way often because the compromises are often, you know, well, we're going to put your really bad thing in so we can put our really bad thing in. It's it's yeah. very rarely, well, let's figure out what the middle is that gets the most done for the yeah. most people. Yeah. Um, and, which is a really horrible thing. But, I, yeah. I, I, I am so... I never used to be this way, but, but that's, I mean, so down on how things go about nowadays. Yeah. But I mean, the, to, 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 you know, go after Twain is, yeah, it doesn't make a difference because it's not supposed to. It's not supposed to make a huge difference. It's supposed to move in baby steps. That's the whole design. Mm-hmm. General trends as opposed to specific uh, in, uh, uh, direct actions. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. It's supposed to be baby steps. It's supposed to be knock down the pins you can on the first <laughs> roll and pick up the spare later. And I and I, I just love this analogy that the American uh, system is is bowling. Is bowling? I'm going yes. to use. I'm this working all on, the time. I'm now. processing that as we kind of go through this, and I'm not finding any faults. I'm thinking it's pretty well. <laughs> well, well it, it it is a really good analogy because when you think about it, well, first of all. Now, a perfect game is not so, as rare as it used to be. I as far I'm ready as ready to run polling. for president, then. Uh, oh, I would. I, I, honestly, I'm trying to decide whether or not I could vote for you. I probably could. I think you can. I probably. Well, certainly, if you run against the current uh, bunch of yahoos that are out there. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I, I'd vote for you. You know, early well, and often. There, there are a few. I, I mean, we don't want to go into this, but there are a few candidates out there that uh, you know are are big about in. in uh, respecting the inherent dignity of the human person. Yes, yeah, that's, one, that's one of the big barometers. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I would build my build my campaign around that. So and the thing we often forget about the the American system is that it is actually baseball is another good analogy for yes. it because it is designed to fail more than it is to succeed. It's small ball. It's it's playing small ball. Yes. It's it's because you think about a, a Hall of Famer steal a base. Yeah. Uh, advance the runner, it's score not Aaron the run. Judge, it's not. It's not. We're not, not going for the big. We're not going yard here. Right. We're not shooting for the three run homer every time, and that's the thing. 
we are sports analogies are yay sports Francis. as Beckett would say. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, losing Francis here. Yeah. I don't that's, think so. No, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't think he knows that those terms. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That uh, is many I'm of our listeners. For, sir, I'm very well known <laughs> as uh, I'm. I used to play baseball. I'm very uh, okay. I'm, I enjoy the game and I'm knowledgeable about it. Okay, so using right. baseball metaphors, we're, we're not losing Francis. Good, no. good. So, but you know, when you think about a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, somebody hits 300, they fail seven times out of ten. Yeah, and the guy who struck out the most, uh, you know, is usually the guy who has the home run title. Yeah, and that's kind of the American system is that with all the checks and balances. The point is to temper that unbridled power. Hmm. I think that is exactly it's the, to the temper center, the mob, the red hot it's, center of the whole thing. Yeah, is that it's to temper, tempering. Yeah, it's to make you think twice, moderating before you do something stupid. Now you may still end up doing something stupid because you know history is replete with that. Yeah, but at least hopefully. You will think two or three times before you do it. That's why there's supposed to be vigorous, healthy debate in Congress mm-hmm. and in you know in the newspapers. Granted, you know that's been replaced by Facebook, unfortunately. Yeah. And there is no such thing as healthy debate on Facebook or Twitter. But that's what's supposed to happen in the public square. People are supposed to debate this, and if we are, if the people are knowledgeable, where it where Twain fails is this. Mm-hmm. And this is because the people have failed Twain. If the people are knowledgeable, if that debate is happening in the public square, mm-hmm. the representatives have almost no choice but to do what the people want because the people will be aware and they will make them pay for their failures. Failure is not paid for anymore. It is rewarded more often than not. Yeah, because I mean, getting one of them out of Congress is like getting a tick out of your arm. That's a very good analogy. Or, like or as that. Jesse Ventura put it, dug in like an Alabama tick. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, you see extreme examples of clear ill health and mental capa- mental mental incapacity, kind of like me with this bourbon. Um, and uh, they still get a vote? Right, they still win. They get elected. They still win. They still get a vote. They still... there's. There's no, there's no consequence to being uh, a lunatic. Yeah, well, just non-compassmentous. Yeah, I mean, just I like and, that. Better, and, yeah. and I don't mean to, to to be harsh on the on, you know, the, their conditions should evoke sympathy, but at the same time, these are not people who should be voting to determine the direction of our nation. Right. Um, or have the ability to press buttons yeah. as pull the uh, levers of power. As they yeah, say. Yes. yeah. I mean, it, I, I feel for you. I, I feel for your circumstance, but you you need to have the the wherewithal to understand. You need to go ahead and leave the stage. Leave the state. Leave yeah. the state. Yeah, to use well, the Washington and, term. Yeah, and not only that. Why are the people? Not demanding a different. Yeah. I, I think you. I think we underestimate sometimes the beloved nature of 
local representation to certain localities. I think that especially once you get in there, there are guy or gal. That's there's there's yeah, a there is a lot versus, to that. There's a lot there's to a lot that. To That's that. one of the reasons. Once you've been in there a long time, it's very difficult once, because yeah, because you've reason. proven yourself to be yeah. able to walk the walk, talk the talk, bring home the bacon. It's not all that, but it is certainly part of that. It's a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's uh, bring home the bacon or, or be ideologically pure. That's true too. That's right. That is probably yeah. that is probably quickly replacing yeah. bringing home the bacon. Yeah, and to, mm-hmm. and right to a degree, uh, requesting someone like that leave the stage or pressing for it is admitting a mistake. Well, it's admitting and a mistake. We, it's, also being, it's also being. It's also you know you being uh, harmful to someone. Yeah, you know, and that's this is our guy. He may not. He may show up to Senate sessions in a hoodie and shorts, but he's our guy. And then that has traction. That has it does, mind. and you know you can make the argument that you you get the representation you deserve. <laughs> oh God! But the problem is on the national stage, yeah. that representation impacts everybody else. Everyone else, yeah. And that's part of the problem yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think this is a really really good spot for the for the. Really, you think we should maybe talk about bourbon? I think so. I think we should. I think so. Absolutely, because so, I've been sipping the daggone thing for now what forty minutes. And uh, 44. 44, yeah. yeah. And so on it, I'd like right. to talk about it because yes. this is. So, this, yeah, as captain's prerogative here, we'll suspend discussion before we move on to Robert and let's talk bourbon. So, this is one that we have tried before but has not been on air. Right. Yes. This is Wild Turkey Long Branch, which is the collaboration between Wild Turkey Distillery. And Matthew McConaughey. The we're favorite. big, big Matthew McConaughey fans. That's Who all is right, he all right, all right, all right. Well, I mean, know, he's right up there with Ryan Reynolds as far as popularity. Yeah. He is. And, you know, he's going to be in the the Yellowstone sequel, which is currently at the top of everybody's, you know. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. it's okay. uh, it, they're, they're still working out details. I've not watched any of them, honestly. Uh, I, I, shameth on thee, because it's some of the best television that's ever done. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hot for all the right reasons. <laughs> we all know Kevin Costner. We appreciate his craft. He is one of the driving forces. Forces, but it is Taylor Sheridan, the uh, director, producer, and writer. I mean, he's like Joe Straczynski. He writes them all. Uh, and his vision has proven itself to be very, very compelling. Like I say, uh, it's must-see TV for Mrs. Francis and I. and has been for some time. Unfortunately, uh, Costner apparently and Sheridan aren't getting along, so the rumors go. I'm not going to say there's any truth to that. Not to say there isn't. And, and, but they have announced that... Uh, the end of the fifth season, they've done the first half, but they haven't even filmed the second half. That's going to be it for the flagship. Although they've got some spinoffs, which have been excellent. And McConaughey is in talks for the sequel. Uh, What that looks like, everybody's talking, nobody knows. He's a great actor. Absolutely. Anything that he can, for him to go to television and headline a major series like this, one that's especially very popular, I see only good things. I mourn Kevin Costner's departure, of course. But he's got a project he's working on that he's, uh, uh, a movie called, I think I'm going to get this right, Horizons. It's a Western. And you know Costner and Western has, has done a very, very good job. He's saying this Almost is... Almost as good as Costner in baseball. Well, that's right, yeah. He's, he's basically saying, from what we're hearing anyway, this is going to be as good or better than... Dances with Wolves was with regards to hitting the popular. I know we have our issues with some of that, but it still was a great movie. I mean, it won him best director, best best picture, and all that stuff. He's saying this movie will supposedly be that. Yeah, we'll see. You know, McConaughey takes a broader range of parts. 
than Costner has really in his career. As good as Costner has been, yeah, there's, I mean, there's something to say about McConaughey as, you know, a much broader actor. That's true. Right. Even He's though done... his Texas, his Texanness, Texasness comes out a lot, but it's not exclusively that. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he has done uh, romantic comedies. He has done uh, drama. He what was the uh, the the uh, the dragon movie? Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. Yeah, which... he was the the bald American guy, which I didn't even realize at first when right. I watched that. I was like, Holy crap, that's Matthew McConaughey. That's right, and that was an earlier role for him, and it yes. was I mean, he, he could he was pretty buff for that. Too. He was. He's yeah. he's amazing what he's done. I mean, he's even done you know Doritos commercials for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, my wife actually read part of his autobiography and uh she had it on audio i listened to pieces of it and he is apparently the real deal he really is and he's also a bourbon aficionado to kind of circle us back right right and And he has partnered with wild turkey which was his bourbon of choice right i mean this is not just putting his signature on a bottle right he's working with the distillery on this bourbon that is something about him that i think is that makes him authentic and likable yeah authentic yes just doesn't allow his name to be used for anything he's involved like ryan reynolds that's correct yeah you know, if reynolds is going to be involved in something have his name on it he's going to be involved aviator gin i believe is the is the yes. brand of which he sold for what he said was an embarrassing amount of money which yeah he's also one of those guys that you would just love to sit and have a beer with because he he's got this amazing sense of humor yes uh i mean a young a young lady self-deprecating and funny yeah. and just dry quite and quite a guy for a canadian yes yeah. he's he's the guy that uh somebody on Twitter uh, photoshopped his head onto her prom date that broke up with her, uh, and he picks this up on his own. He says, "How about we photoshop my head onto his yearbook picture too?" I mean, it's just <laughs> this is just this. That's just the 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 good humor, and he, I think he's probably one of the greatest. Both of these guys are some of our greatest national yeah. treasures. But like you, Robert, you brought up a word that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks a lot is authenticity. Hmm. Oh, I love, yeah, absolutely. um, To me, the center of the whole advertising mess that some major corporations are finding themselves in is they've abandoned authenticity. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, And tried to reach out to new markets, which is great, Mm -hmm. but those efforts lacked Authenticity. authenticity. By definition, I mean, when you're appealing to someone dressed as Audrey Hepburn, there's no authenticity there. Right. Well, there is only one Audrey Hepburn. Yes. So, anyway, comments about Long Branch. Of course, it's amazing. It is. Uh, we've, we've had it before, and we've commented before. that it was We had big. it at uh, our good friend in uh, the Holy Land, mm-hmm. uh, his, uh, his, Holy- his house. The Holy Land being Nelson County. Yes. That's correct, yes. yes. Well, is there another? <laughs> well, some people would say yes. There's one, you know, several thousand miles away at the... Oh, right. Jerusalem, you know, Israel, those... Oh, oh that Holy Land. Indian kind of butts up and turns into a beach there. But yeah. yes, oh, the Holy Land is one. Nelson County. No, we're talking about the Kentucky Holy Lands, as we call yes. them. Yes. Uh, we had it there uh, when we all went down uh, for the day, had some awesome, awesome smoked meats. Yes. Indeed. Uh, it just that was a wonderful day, and uh, we had it there, and it was. I like a, a sweeter bourbon. It's definitely that, and yes. it's probably the sweetest bourbon 
that we've had uh, before. Certainly sweeter than anything else we've had on the show because it is sweet from the very beginning. It is. Even it's, with the ice in it, it's still got that sweetness, which uh, I remember I had it. I'd been wanting to try it for so long. I just hadn't had a chance to buy it. When we were out at his place, and, I, and he says, well, You know, here's what I got. What do you want? And I said, I got to go with the Long Branch because I really wanted to see it. I was stunned at how sweet it was, but I took a drink of it quickly before the ice had, had the opportunity right, you to need, melt. You need that uh, profile to compare against. Right, yeah. To know what the straight versus the the neat versus the the, the slightly watered down and chilled, uh, where that flavor it bloomed. Out, I like yes. that word better because yes, it because it yes. you know, watered down implies bad, even though it's good thing. Well, I tell you what, that hundred twenty two proof Booker's, yeah, that needed to be watered. Well, abs- that, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, and that, that that prohibition style. I had some of that neat the first time I had it, and I had a headache for a day. It was just God. It was just you know, thou shalt not. It was just not designed that way. And the, and in my ignorance, I didn't know any better. And I've learned, and as we've learned as we've grown on. Well, you know, we it has taken us a long time to really get the get a handle on. One might call us hard headed. I suppose if we could ask our wives, they might. Uh, uh, no, yeah, no, let's no, not. No, let's not skip a bit, let's brother. Right? Us, That's us. right. No, let's not talk um, about that. But you know, because we've tried so many. Uh, We've we've not really until recently, uh, in the last six to twelve months, really settled on a small number of bourbons that we can really delve into. Right, and we found some really great gems. We have, yeah, we've, we have. We've and, and it's not to say the ones we tried before that weren't great gems either, because yeah. we have really. I, 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 one of these days, one of the things we need to do is go through all of the episodes we've done, mm-hmm. make a list of all the bourbons that we've tried. Yeah. yeah, we're going by and memory. How? Yeah, yeah, we've we've gone uh, with the uh, memory at best yes. at this point, and of course that fades over time because it does. I mean, folks, we've almost done two hundred episodes. Oh, I will let me let me give this brief shout out. We have over five thousand downloads for snakes and otters, folks. Awesome, coming awesome. up on six. Uh, we're at like fifty. Last I checked, was fifty nine hundred and some odd. Is that just the podcast, or does that include the uh, YouTube downloads? Because the YouTube all views of the above. are uh, are pretty all of high the above. Yeah, because that because they re- because Podbean. We love our folks at Podbean. They they are the ones that do the hosts. This encounters this takes into account all downloads from ah, all different. I don't think it does. I don't think that includes what is watched on YouTube because. I remember looking at the YouTube you views. Might be right. That's and great. I saw a number on there that was YouTube doesn't hundreds and as, hundreds of yeah, views. Right. It doesn't count as a download. Right. The the Podbean downloads would just be the audio. The, yes. the, the other the other formats. Yes. The other format like Apple Podcasts or, or whatever. Or Stitcher actually, and actually, Spotify yes, and iHeartRadio. Let's go ahead and name them guys cuz Yeah, actually bringing it to a device. Right. Uh, from or there. listening online, either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and you and you may be right. I'd be very. I'm, I suspect you are. That, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, so it's even bigger than that. It's even bigger than that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, we, you will find. Uh, I, I went ahead and pulled the badge for Podbean creates little badges that you get once you reach these milestones. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that onto the. It's my next posting, by the way, uh, oh, on good. our website. It's going to be that you know congratulations to us. Yes. Aren't we great? Oh, <laughs> Over 5,000. The next milestone is 10,000. But you know, we'll be there pretty darn yeah. quick. It won't take us yeah. long. Yeah. So uh, just Thanks for to memory, our listeners. To, to add on to what you're talking about, I'll, I'll attempt to pop out some of my favorite bourbons here. Okay. So okay. We can do that. Prohibition style, the Old Forester 1920. Amen. Love yes. it. That's one of Yellowstone my favorites. Yellowstone Select. 
Yes, that's the yeah. black label or the white label. White label. White label. That's the one I had. White yeah, that's label. Right, yeah. Yellowstone Select. Very good. Very good. Very good, and moderately priced at thirty-eight bucks. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very, very good. Of course, this Long Branch. Yes, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely there. Yeah. What we had last episode in the Old Forester Statesman. So that's two Old Foresters in the list. Yes. Oh well, yeah. Well, yes, we have multiple Old Foresters that are right. We haven't even finished. I bought the ent- I bought all four of the Whiskey Rose series, yes. which are the ones by the years. Mm-hmm. We've only done two of those. The uh, no three three three. No, we done three. We we've done the we did the nineteen twenty. And the, the and the and the eighteen ninety seven, which mm-hmm. is bottled in bond, we did those first yes. two together, and we did the eighteen seventy, which was the original style last right. time. We still have the nineteen fifteen to go, okay. so that's uh, well. I think that's, that's a uh, challenge for the next episode. Uh, next time we we're are about, at Studio F. Yeah, we still. Yeah. Yes. So that's yes. that's my intention is to yes. bring that one out. And then my other big favorite that I really really like is the Monks Road Small Batch. Yes, yes, so I would agree. That's, I think that one's kind of a limited production that might not stay out. <coughs> good question, good question. Move now to the uh, Monks Road 5th uh, District series will be out there more. Right, I think so. I'd be, uh, we've, we've, uh, we've had our little tour out there of, not, not really a tour, but we've had our little uh, time together. Jaunt. Jaunt, yeah, exactly, yes, to, the, yes. to, the, to the great uh, Logsdale Distillery folks. Uh, out in uh, one of a really nice little uh, it's I, I hesitate to call it a bar because all they serve is mictors obviously uh, but it was a it was a nice little joint yeah it was yeah. uh yeah it was uh so yeah the the monks road log still distillery uh in the holy land mm-hmm. just down the road from the Gethsemane yeah, uh, monastery, Trappist monastery, monastery. That's Trappist right. Monastery, World so. famous uh, for many, many years. That's where Merton wrote his uh, Merton's yes. classics. Yeah, Seven Story Mountain. That's right. Yes, very good, very good. Some of us has rubbed off on this heathen over here. It sounds like. Well, there was a big article in the Bellarmine Alumni Magazine. Well, that's where his collection yes, because is. Because the Merton Center is there. Yeah, yes. that's right. All, so, all of his papers are. There was there was a nice long article about getting the Seven Story Mountain published, and how it, it was, was not easy. Of, yeah, it was kind of this thing of. Okay, well, we'll print five thousand, and then they end up printing it's like a hundred thousand in the first couple of years. And right, it caught on. Yeah, and so it is much. a perennial seller. Yeah, yes, it it, was... it it and Saint Augustine's Confessions are the two yes. biggest selling conversion stories of all time. Yeah, that's I pretty mean, high price. Seven yes. Story Mountain became something that nourished the soul of the nineteen fifties and early nineteen sixties American. Very much so. Was it that early that it was written? It was his first yes. book. Yeah, that's yes. correct. Oh, I knew yeah, that, was, but I didn't realize it was, it was written that early. It was originally published in, what, 48 or something like that? I was oh, going to wow. say like 50, 51. It's post-war because his brother is in uh, is mentioned in there, and his, his brother died during the war. Uh, and there's a there's a brief mention through that. Uh, but you're right. It was he was just beginning I, I that. You're right. It's it's early fifties. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think didn't realize it was that early. I think he may have written it in the forties, but I think by the time it saw publication, it was early fifties. Uh, but you're right for the for essentially that decade and up through Merton's death, and of course once he died in the manner that he died, it exploded onto the world stage yeah. even greater than it was before, and it's still it's worth a read, folks. It was it was really even during his lifetime. It was such an incredible. It's, it's what made him a superstar. Success. Yeah. Again, this it, it really was something that that fed people's souls in a time of post war, Cold War materialism 
era. I think it still does in that way because yeah, it does. You, know, you look at it's timeless. Uh, you know, it, it, when you talk about when you get into the '60s into the '70s, you know, you're, you're talking about a a a period of who are we? What does everything mean? Yes. Uh, you know, you yes. talk about Vietnam and all of that. It, it's just yeah. There's a nihilism that it combats very effectively. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's really both nihilism and narcissism are, I think, the two great evils that mm-hmm. uh, are constantly needing to be combated. It is, yeah, that's the the are the twenty first century's biggest evils, probably. Yes. and they were born in the twentieth, and I mean, yeah. narcissism obviously goes much farther back than that. But I mean the 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 extremes that both have gone certainly to. they're interconnected mm-hmm. oh absolutely yes yeah I, th- I think you can when nihilism you could probably trace a little bit of that to Nietzsche but I think a lot of it is World War One as we so often put forth yeah. That's, well, I think the yes the nihilism you, you trace to the early part of the twentieth century but the narcissism you trace to the latter part of the twentieth century and it is born oh, yeah. out of nihilism I think either you want to call it a response or a reaction or a direct line it doesn't a nat- matter a natural follow-on yeah i that, mean there's i mean it's yeah. probably a little bit of all of those things yeah yeah and it's they're definitely connected in one way or another all right cool so we, we we turn bourbon break into cultural criticism we want to do that for yes that's what we do it's what we do it's what we do we are, we are critics of the culture i mean mm-hmm. yeah. both and critics not necessarily in the negative sense always because sometimes a critic is a good thing Sure. Yeah, we don't. Right. I mean, we, don't we, we will celebrate that which is done well. Yeah, and I that mean, which we, we, applies we to principles. To, again, that bowling alley when you when you put the bumpers up and you don't let the little kids roll into the gutters. But that's what we're trying to bat the culture back into a good place. That's right. But without a participation trophy. Yes. Yes. You're, you're getting a lot of mileage out of this bowling analogy. I can see that. I, don't, I think this is going to be a regular thing. Yes, we're, we're going to have to develop the bowling and the baseball analogies. I'm realizing I'm how powerful it could be. And I just thought of it while we were sitting here, and I've had two glasses of bourbon. Well, you know. Uh, Loud, Hemingway, obnoxious, and full of beer. Well, Hemingway did say you're supposed to write drunk and then edit sober. So uh, it's kind That's of fair. That's, yes. Uh, okay. After having written, I'd say that's fair. That's you know right. there's a new whiskey out. Hemingway branded. Yes, whiskey. I saw. Oh that. no, I did not know this. I heard Ooh. about this all over Facebook. It's not bourbon, but it is a Hemingway branded whiskey. from his estate whiskey. Well, we might have to bring that one in. I mean, just for the yes. you know, listeners, if you're not me. aware, Francis idolizes. Uh, Careful with the word. Admires. Well, admires strongly. Right, strongly. That's right. Strongly yes. uh, Hemingway. Yeah, it, it, I think any any writer of fiction has to. Acknowledge his his uh, contributions. You just have to. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's so he changed everything. Yeah. There are certain writers that, whether you like reading their works or not, are icons and giants. Yeah, yeah. Hemingway is one of them. Absolutely, indeed, he is. For yes. in particular, American literature. Yes, it is. But you know, uh, he's a different. You know, Joyce was his compatriot. You know, a contemporary and. Of course, they they couldn't be far more disalike. Yeah. You know, Joyce is a. Of course, he's a unique taste anyway. Yeah. I have not I yet. Joyce wrote earlier than Hemingway. It was a bit, but you know, uh, Joyce's uh, Ulysses was published immediately immediately post war. I was thinking it was earlier than that. Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's immediately post war. And no, and, Portrait of the Artist of a Young Man is earlier. Than that is that. correct. That is that's right. Yeah, but that's it, 1890s is yes, right. That's yeah, like right at the turn of the century. Yeah, and. Uh, and Ulysses, it might have been pre-war, but it's right around that time. Whereas 
Hemingway is absolutely post-war, but immediately post-war because uh, the Sun Also Rises was like 1926. Right, because he was he was still getting experience. He was newspaperman before exactly during yeah, the war. And well, I mean, ambulance well, driver during the war. Ambulance driver, yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, uh, that would have been Elliot and Orwell. Yeah, those those guys would were going to more right in that. Yeah. yeah, Joyce was winding down, and they were, and yeah. as Hemingway was winding. But I mean, up. think about the giants that we just mentioned. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, that's almost the equivalent of yeah. the, the the genius of the founding fathers, just, right there. I mean, just limiting to it, and Eliot's a special case because he's Anglo-British, but you know, you talk about you go from Cooper to Twain to Faulkner to Hemingway. Faulkner and Hemingway are contemporary. They are, yes. You know, and then Elliot at the same time. Again, Faulkner, uh, Hemingway, Elliot are those that post-war trying to find meaning in the lost generation. Fitzgerald was along the same time too, and, yeah. and wrote and, and very similar. They were you know, they were friends actually. Yeah. Uh, in, in many ways, he was writing of this that same lost generation yeah. style and uh, outlook. All right. Well, I'm chastising myself as captain. I've let us go down. You have let us go down because rabbit, rabbit holes everywhere. So we yes, need I, I thought we were going to be able to get in because uh, we started the bourbon break at uh, about 44 minutes. That was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, uh, take, bring us home, Robert. Robert. All right. So you want us to read ours? One yes. More time? As I as I right. want to do, I like you guys to to re re recap. Okay. Very not quickly. recap. Just repeat your James quote. Madison, Federalist Number Ten, 1787. Pure democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have, in general, been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. Which the TLDR is, too long, didn't read, uh, mob rule sucks. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one here is not too long. Uh, If voting made any difference, they wouldn't let us do it. Mark Twain. Right. Okay, so that's the foundation I'm working with. Uh, And I kind of picked my quote uh, more ahead of time than I normally do. I didn't pick it before the I had heard your guys. Although I had heard Martin's uh, as I was reading through the quotes, uh, looking for something that was appropriate, that spoke to me. But you didn't pick it during bourbon break. No, not like You have been known to do that, I have been. I have been. Matter of fact, in my lead up, Actually, giving it, I am still sometimes picking it really? out. Yes, there have been times, a few times, not many, where I have been, you know, trying to, to decide, and I'm just kind Between of between one or another. I yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So this is from uh, Thomas Jefferson's first inaugural address. Okay, and now this says March fourth, eighteen o one, but I think that's incorrect. No, that would be right. Yes, 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 you're right. Because Adams was eighteen or seventeen ninety six. Yes, yes, right. yes, 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 yes. Uh, anyways, uh, it is from his inaugural address and he says, if there be any among us who would wish to dissolve this union or to change its Republican form, let them stand undisturbed as monuments of the safety with which error of opinion may be tolerated, where reason is left free to combat it. Ooh. So basically, uh, that's so incredible because there's so many layers that's working on. Yes. But it's, hey, these, you know, somebody that wants to disturb our form here, it's okay. 
Because we're going to combat them intellectually. Yes. Not yeah. ad hominem. Yeah. That's right. This is a this is a debate of ideas, and we are we we are so confident in our form that we know it will withstand or perhaps even benefit by criticism. Morphing is necessary. The important, I mean, the important. Yeah, I mean, the he, important part is he's the, saying, defending it with reason. That's right. Defending with reason, and it will stand up and and go through the test of time and knock down these other ideas. I think the operative word in that whole that whole quotation is that word reason, because that's what he's basing everything on. Is we uh, bring it on. If you if you if we are debating each other on in the court of reason, we will always win. See, I think that's not the most. It's important. I don't yeah. think that's the most important part. Okay, what is it? Uh, for me, the most important part is let them stand undisturbed as monuments. He says of the safety, but I would say to the safety with which error of opinion may be tolerated. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we can we can we can weather dissent. In fact, we yes, welcome it. And we welcome it because yeah, that's the implication. That's we welcome it because as we have talked about so much these last two episodes that you have to be able to debate your ideas. You have to be able to support them. You have to be able to understand your opponent's ideas in order to defend your own because otherwise, how do you know what to defend? Yeah. You, uh, you, des- you devolve into a shouting match of because I said so. So in other words... The concepts of whim or passion or whimsy or whimsy have no place in public discussion. Yes, that, I think that is exactly correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's exactly what he's um, saying. And I think what if you he's can debate your idea reasonably, we'll listen to you, and you'll be protected in all ways. Right, because that is the core, very literally, yeah, heart, right. core, heart yeah. of the First Amendment. Sure, because when the government squashes. Free speech. Right. They're squashing debate. They're squashing... Dissent. Dissent. They're yeah. squashing the discussion. Yeah. The, yeah. the exchange of ideas. And that is more important to our survival as a society than anything else. The free and open exchange of ideas with one another. Not, with those we disagree with. Mm-hmm. Not just those we agree with. Sure. Because, again, an echo chamber... Once you get to the point where everything is an echo chamber, yeah. everything dies. Democracy a- does not die to thunderous applause. It dies to thunderous echoes. As taking a Padme uh, Amidala uh, uh, quote and turning yeah. it around. But there's, a, there's another piece in that, too, that dissenters should be safe. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and, then we, and we are unique in that. Dissent a- isn't dangerous. Right. You know. Difference of opinions are not dangerous. Right. I mean, that's that's often bandied out there of, you know, oh, you just don't like dissent or, you know, well, we're, we're dissenting and, and it's like, look, it's okay. Oh, 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 yeah, dissent I, is I, not dangerous. I'll give you another one that's I've heard ultimate millions of times uh, in the political discussion Amongst my own family members all the times, but they—it's always the other party, party mind you—are yeah. destroying our country, and yet those on the opposite side are saying, "But you are destroying our country." I'm sorry. It's kind of like you go back to Jurassic Park. You can't destroy the world. 
You can't do that. Well, a country can that be way. destroyed. Yes, I know, but not by not by the words someone speaks. No, not by words right. themselves. Exactly. I uh, mean, by actions, certainly. But, fueled and inspired by words, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but, but here's, you know, how do you stop that? It's not enough to just say you're bad because you're destroying our country. That's right. You have to offer the counterpoint. Well, that's kind of it. And persuade people that that's the right way to go. There's an intellectual bankruptcy and laziness, sloth, on that that position of they are destroying our country. I said, where's your better idea? We've got to be against everything they do because they're destroying... Okay, well... Therein lies the issue. Then it becomes partisan political... I agree with you that their policies are misguided, but how do we counter that? One, right. we have to persuade. And we have to do it by not not by destroying them. Because destroying dissent mm-hmm. is the worst thing you can do in any form of government yeah. that is based on freedom of any kind. Yeah. Because it always comes around. You think, yes. You, you think, oh, well, I need these powers to destroy that dissent. Well, guess what? If you're giving yourself those powers, you're giving it to them too. Yes. And when... You're in the descent. You're going to get crushed. And that used to be universally recognized. It's not anything. that the political those who governed politically were loath to do something really radical mm-hmm. because of the fear that it could come around and bite them in the ass. Yeah. Now he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Exactly. Exactly. Now one of the just to throw a little bit of humor in here. So what you're saying, Martin, is is absolutely true because. Uh, people just don't think about that. When we were still in college, uh, the emperor and I, I remember this very distinctly. We were driving down, um, oh, uh, shoot, Bishop Lane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where it goes past the post office and the um, uh, uh, KFC headquarters, right? And we were headed towards Poplar Level Road. And he was talking about uh, this is when he was in his communist phase, which he is most definitely not in anymore. And I said to him, look, if the revolution ever comes, you are going to be the first guy they put up against the wall. Absolutely. And he understood that, which he had to, he had to grant that point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was the turning point in his his ideological growth or not, but... You'll take credit for it? I will absolutely <laughs> cool take right credit. So you're responsible for his volt face? I am. I his, like his conversion so. story. Yes. He's, you were you were knocking him off his off down on the road to Damascus. Apparently. Now the thing is, though, since his uh, accident, I don't even know that he remembers the moment. No, but that, that gives us the freedom to create whatever. Exactly. We wish. Exactly. But the point is the same, though. Those who advocate for those sorts of things, as soon as they are no longer in the majority, are the next ones put up against the wall. That's right. Look at J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Well, she was, yeah. I mean, you know, she, she is very much a proponent of uh, uh, LGBT rights mm-hmm. and all of that. She's very, you know, all, she is not a, she's not Ron DeSantis, you know, use a, a polar opposite. And yet because of her stance on the trans issues of, uh, you know, me, people who are biological males in dressing rooms and bathrooms for biological females mm-hmm. and her stance against that mm-hmm. her statements accordingly yeah she has been 
just demonized yeah. and made into a Hitler because of this. That's right. And she comes from a background of if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. But I believe there was abuse in her background. There was, as best and I recall. This is part of her reasoning, is that that is you know to use the the modern left's terminology very triggering for her. It would be very triggering for her and others like her to have a biological male in what should be a safe space. Mm-hmm. Again, and she's been pillared. And she's uh, been for, pilloried for that. Mostly because I think that of her status. If you can attack someone with uh, the renown that she has, you make people listen to you. Well, I think she was attacked because she, less than that, is that she she broke ranks, according to some. Yeah. And, you know, if you betray on one issue, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's Judah, that idi- Judas once is Judas always. Right. And, and it's that, that ideological purity. Ah. And that's that what there. Jefferson's quote is about. Yes, it is. I'm it glad is you... It is railing against ideological purity. Mm-hmm. And the ideological purity on the left, the right, the middle, the forward, the back, I don't care. Yeah. Well, it the, is bad. And it, there's another piece to it as well. It's ultimately in that dehumanizing. It's awesome to be passionate about your ideas, but you have to then let reason temper the passion. And again, go back to the idea of you're, you have to be able to debate and defend. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you handle dissent? Do you destroy the dissenters? No, you destroy them rhetorically intellectually you you make a more compelling argument than they're able to make in many respects then you're suggesting that the highest form of talent uh in this society we're speaking of is the capacity to articulate it's to take something you're passionate about but to be able to then apply that passion and persuade others yeah, it's articulation, in a rational yeah. Ma- yeah. manner. Well, it's... So, to put it from a theological perspective, we are all called to evangelize. Okay? Now, the difference between that ideal, which is, you know, you bring anybody, everybody to your side in, with, uh, from a Christian perspective, you would say, with love and charity. Uh, but from a secular side, you would say, convince them so that they want to join you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, proclaim as the... opposed to pummeling them into submission so that they have no no choice but to join you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a question of, of persuasion, not of bludgeoning. Right. Yeah. So the the pummeling. Yeah. Is where you are allowed to vote because voting doesn't matter. Okay. Whereas joining your side is Martin, your your quote where you get to say, All right, let's all agree on we're gonna send these guys to Washington or to to Frankfurt or Lansing and they're going to figure out the best way to to move forward because we trust them. Yes. We have listened to their ideas. Yes. We have debated them. We don't know what to do, but we think you'll figure it out. Right. We may ah. have some ideas. And some principles we'd like to see upheld, but we don't have the time for it, or we don't have the inclination to do that particular work. So we want you to do it for us. Wow, that's a, a whole nother hour 
Oh yeah, the concept of trust in a legislative body or an executive function. Well, ultimately, that's what it's supposed to be. Judicial. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's correct. To, yeah. To figure out an issue of the day, we trust you. We we like you said. There's a principle that we feel in our hearts, but how to translate that into legislation, we don't know. But we're trusting you to do that. Yeah, and that's that's, that's the conversation. That's the conversation that constituents should be having with their elected representatives. Is and what's this? How's this align with the principles that we espouse? Without without destroying or disrespecting mm-hmm. the inherent dignity of the human person, but how without destroying those who disagree, mm-hmm. because. It's it's a recipe for disaster, whether it's civil unrest, civil war, or dissolution of the union. Ultimately, right. if these things that we that we're talking about, this this pummeling to submission that seems to be the preferred way to go about things today, at some point somebody's going to prevail right. in that. That's going to be disastrous for the country if it if it's allowed to continue. Disastrous for the human spirit. Yes. Right, because all of us must live under what laws are made. Yep, we must all be yeah. willing to live under them. Yeah, yes. So that means we find we find yeah. that middle ground, as it were, uh, uh, that reasonable approach to use the words that we've been yeah. talking about I mean, here. Political defeat, political victory is necessary, but political destruction isn't. Right now, obviously, the problem with applying this today is that it presumes a relatively stable and agreed upon set of morals and ideals and ethics. Ooh, yes. yes. And yes. that's where we have because obviously parted we, ways in some size. Yes. And my uh, former pastor, as he liked to point out, we tolerate people. Mm-hmm. We, we can be intolerant of ideas and actions. Right. Because the idea of, hey, let's round up all the Jews and put them on rail cars to Auschwitz. Yes, that is an idea we are absolutely intolerant of. Correct. And that's just one example of many. That's it, one example of many. But to be intolerant of the person destroys that inherent dignity. That's right. We're, we're using the principle as a weapon it was never intended to be. Right. And so how do you, when you don't have that shared set of morals, how do you navigate and... The the different things we're looking at. Obviously, I, I don't want to. I hesitate to 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 use it, but it's just the example that's in front of us because of of, of what's in the media all the time nowadays. But you know, how do we navigate the trans rights issues so that we are all either equally satisfied or equally unsatisfied? Because yeah. often that's what a, a compromise is. And, and part With, of that out. Yeah. Dem- you know, demonizing people on both sides. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. And of course, part of that, the difficulty is there's not even an agreed upon set of words. Right. To to even describe it. Right. I mean... In fact, that's often the battlefield. You know, one person's gender-affirming care is another person's child mutilation. Right. So when you can't agree upon... Upon even that level of, well, what are we even going to call this? And when you become suspect of the motivations of people using those terms, 
Right. It doesn't matter which term we're talking right. about. It, you don't, there's no way to find a common ground of, well, you know, yeah, of course it makes sense to do it this way. Right. You know, you can't even get to that point of, yeah, we all ought to agree on X because we don't even agree on how to describe X. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant point, Martin. Yeah, how do well, you agree well on X when you too. can't even describe what X is? That's right. Yeah, that that's a that's a brilliant point. And and when actors in the public square have a vested interest in being deceptive about X, what do you do? Right. And again, doesn't matter what X we're talking about here or which side we're. That's we're right. About. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's all we pride ourselves suspect. at Snakes and Otters. We are never partisan. We will we will skewer either side as necessary, and we'll work from the. I think we can be very partisan at times, but we are still willing to skewer our side as well as. Well, that's, any there's other. some truth well, to that. Yeah, but we we seek purity, not not ideological purity, but purity of the idea. Uh, seeking a, we're hoping to find a truth. We are truth seekers. I think that's just simply the that's correct. best way to yeah. put it. Yeah, and and. Again, that far too many would hear well, yes, I seek truth too, but the truth is this, or my truth is this, yeah. and your truth is that. Well, Bella Oxmix, I got to be the unity, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it's we, and it's one of the reasons why I chose this this Jefferson quote is that it it recognizes that there is a public square that we all should be participating in. But that, and that, that participation comes with a responsibility to participate in an honest way. In an honest way, to listen, to contemplate, to think, and to consider the possibility that you might be wrong. Ooh, now that's that goes against Ooh, human nature at times. It's really hard to do, Robert. I'm never wrong. Uh, well, you're wrong at least once it's about it. being wrong. <laughs> about being never wrong, yes. But but that's that's kind of the thing though, the founders, they they embraced that. Yeah. yeah. Now now yeah. there's that wisdom fair, and genius again. To yeah. be fair, individually, I would be willing to bet that there were guys on both sides, Federalists and Anti-Federalists, certainly on the slave issue, that were unwilling to consider that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yet, a bridge too far in many for many. But. They were still willing to work on a compromise to figure out a way that they could make the two opposing opinions work together in a system that would allow both of them to live. Now, ultimately, it came to the point where, no, we can't have both at the same time. Yeah, sooner or later. Sooner or later, it's got to be one or the other. But they saw that, yes, okay, we don't agree, but we we still have to get along. Well, that's the Missouri Compromise. That's Henry yeah. Clay. That's trying to figure out a way to. In some, the critics would say that's just we're going to kick the can efficiently down the down the road. Well, yeah, and I don't even mean because that's a very specific situation. Yes, yeah, but it's, I'm just talking about you know the, back to the point of creating the Constitution um, and creating the framework to go forward. Yeah. But they they also had a recognition of what are the issues that are worth going to the extreme for right especially yeah. at this moment in yes. time yeah what what, what, what what's what, not worth going there let's work those out at the table and then when it goes beyond to these other the core of the human experience issues then we've got to 
you know, we might have to go all the way. We might have to go to the mattresses, as they would say. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, I guess the, the way I would frame what you're saying is, well, the frame is actually redundant because I'm about to say, but they had to build the framework in which those things would be settled before they could settle them. Right. That's true. That's right. That's you know? right. Yeah. Because there was no way to. What does the settlement look like? Yeah. There was, there was no way to come up with an answer unless you could figure out what the process was to get to that answer. <laughs> and you had to agree on that first. And you had to agree on that yeah, first. Makes sense. And that's kind of what we're missing anymore. An idea is yeah. put out there and automatically the answer is the other guy's evil and must be shut down and destroyed. Yeah. You know, we have been lamenting that for, you know, almost the entirety of our episodes. 200, yeah. 200 episodes yeah. here. That it is the worst possible thing that has happened to our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since well, the Civil War. Yeah. I only count that Civil War as a bad thing. It's because 600,000 people had to die to settle that issue. Yeah. Right. Which is just, that's shameful in and of itself that it had yeah. to take that. But, you know, original sins only get purified by blood. Oh my! Oh my goodness! How wonderful! Wow! You are. I was you, I was going to say fire, but I think that's Christological like, again. Yeah. Oh my God! That is so right. so, so true on so many levels. Yeah. I am, so I, um, I I applaud you. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Matter of fact, yeah. that that almost deserves a word boner. You know, well, it's a phrase yeah. boner. I guess you give it that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. There, there's just. It, it's it's there. That's where okay. that's where that's, we are. We have pummeled the expired equine. I Indeed, think. it's time to Captain. Yes. So, uh, Francis, what's next, sir? Oh, guys, the new order cometh, as they say. This is the last episode where we are as we are. Yes, fundamental change. Fundamental is change is coming. It is in honors. the wind. That's correct. Where now we are three. Next episode, and from that point forward, we will be five. Two five is not right out. Five is not right out. <laughs> Two new members uh, are joining our snakes and otters uh, uh, club. Shall we call ourselves um, organization? Brotherhood. brotherhood. I love it's that. That's brotherhood the, of Snakes and Otters. That's right. Called it Brotherhood. Yes. That's right. Yeah. The Brotherhood of Snakes and Otters. Yes. Two more members will be admitted to permanent residency. They will join us on all of our new podcasts. Hey, perfect opportunity with our new equipment here. We yes. can do this where we won't talk over each other much <laughs> well i think we'll probably talk over each other i know i know i'm the especially optimist as they get acclimated to That's the stock yeah I, I will i will say this one of in particular has listened to all our episodes he went through and listened to all of them so he's got a good background on that. that's them. more than i've done. i was gonna say that's pretty awesome yes yeah, right because i have not listened to all of them yeah. so what you're saying is we need to replace you with him well oh, sir is, nobody can hammer Nobody can hammer like Robert. That's Robertius Hamarius. Okay. Malleus. Right. Malleus. Uh, I'll not ask you to prove that statement. No. Well, seriously, folks. Next next, ep- next episode. Um, we'll, we'll introduce our two new members. We'll introduce our two new members. And we will wrestle with some interesting questions. So uh, we're actually going to kind of plan a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. So join but us the, next. Hold on. It'll be a history the, episode. It's a history it'll, be, episode. it'll be a history episode. That's Which correct. Is, That's right. The Habsburgs, right? The Habsburgs, yes. Is that already? Yes, yes. the Habsburg, the That's history right, of Europe. Robert has been talking about this freaking uh, issue, question, 
topic for a long, long time. You've been lobbying Nearly for this since the beginning. Since yes. the beginning, yes, sir. You're captaining. You know that, right? I am captaining, uh, yeah. and we were talking about using this as a, a kickoff to diving more into European history. That's correct. We've we've we have discovered we've been rather Amerocentric uh, in recent days, and it's time to kind of nothing go back. wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong, wrong, wrong with that. Yeah, but you know, uh, but you know, a little Eurocentricism is not bad either. And I think we can because right, uh, it'll show us why we are so good. In contrast, yes, <laughs> a contrast with the Euro weenies will make us look. Oh, uh, well, there, there's some greatness over there that we uh, that we have to call out, though. And uh, well, maybe we, you know they built a couple of architecture things that are pretty nice. But well, I think we've discovered who our contrarian will be in these next few episodes. But uh, yes, we're going to talk about the Habsburg like Empire. We didn't already know that. I mean, come on! If it weren't for us, they'd all be just walking around going Deutschland, Deutschland, and Uber Alice. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Oh Lord, I swear you guys. <laughs> Join us next episode, folks, when everything changes. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes drop every second and fourth Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a review. That helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next time.